0: Has the have the raspberries been cracked or is that no.
1: They're not they're not crackable raspberries. They're not? Too soft. Popped. You can't crack a raspberry. Can that be popped? You can pop.
0: Crack a raspberry. Crack a raspberry. <laughs> crack a raspberry. Crack a raspberry. Crack a raspberry.
1: Progressive rugby league.
0: and welcome to Progressive Rugby League once again. How are you? Not all at once, not all at once. Uh, This is The Slug, and with me once again to talk all things progressive in the rugby league world are the experts in that field, Jono Duncan, Jono.
1: Great to be back, great to be front, great to be front and centre. Good to see you.
2: And big Al, big... Uh, Hi guys, wonderful to be here. Uh, Let's have a fantastic show, shall we? Yeah, why not? We were going to not, but I've changed my mind. (laughs) Change of plans.
0: Let's make it good. Let's get into it. Uh, Reflections, guys. This is how we start. I'd love to know what you're reflecting on currently.
2: Uh, I'll I'll kick this one off, fellas. So, I've got to tell you, I had a rugby league experience this weekend. So, I have a rugby league experience every weekend, but this is just one... Uh, one that affected me somewhat. So, for the for the viewers that don't know, there was a the Tigers suffered a heartbreaking loss on Friday night. So it was a nine eight loss to the Penrith Panthers in a game that they should have won. They won. They were yeah. leading for seventy nine and a half minutes basically, and then it went to golden point and they lost because they're a bunch of losers. But you know what? That's that's not important. Winning secondary. Yeah, exactly. I have to keep telling myself that when I watch the Tigers games. <laughs> But, so uh, I mentioned uh, in our first episode of the year that I had a bit of a summer romance. So this summer romance has become a it's a, it's a real thing, right? So there's a new lady in, in Big Al's life. Things are going fantastically. She, and up until Friday, she was yet to have met the other woman in my life, rugby league. More specifically, Tigers-centred uh, rugby league. So I'd sort of been prepping her uh, for this like for this side of my life for a long time like she knows I love the game she knows this podcast she obviously doesn't listen to it which is probably a good thing why would you <laughs> um but she uh, so she was like you know what um let's watch the let's watch the Tigers game on Friday night let's watch it at my house Oof. her house and I was like uh, all right cool that's fine so like I sat down and I, I I prepped her for everything like it was sort of like the way you might prep uh, a, an, an expectant father for the first time about what he's gonna see in the birthing in the in the maternity ward like I was like there's gonna be you know, blood, sweat, and tears. Basically, it's going to, it's going to be quite stressful. Um, I, I might not be particularly able to engage in conversation with you. It's really going to be. It's just a side of
1: me you might not see. Did you tell her about the ice cream headache look that you sometimes get <laughs> when watching a Tigers game?
2: I don't. I, didn't, I don't actually know that I get an ice cream headache look, but I have. I have been told um, <laughs> I, I have all kinds of weird facial. Um, yeah, facial expressions. But anyway, so I went to the house to watch the game, and like as luck would have it, like it just had to be the most stressful, anxiety riddle eighty minutes of my of the like the last three years. It was horrible, horrible to watch, and I spent the whole time like you know like basically rocking back and forth <laughs> in like a anxious catatonia. Um, it was really, really tough, um, and it was sort of a, a side of me that I tried to keep keep hidden from <laughs> such a long for such a long time. Um, but obviously I had to reveal it to myself So it's probably about time And I want to say I think I handled it quite well Considering the, the type of game that it was mm. It could have gone I mean t- 10 years ago I'm going to confess something to you guys I probably would have had a big hissy fit I would have, <laughs> What? I would have yelled and what? screamed And I would not have been on my best rugby league behaviour oh, But okay. I've learned a lot So I didn't it was no anger it was just stress like mm. oh, I can't handle this I can't watch it so much so that when it actually went to Golden Point I turned the TV off I just said <laughs> <"No> <laughs> what? let's just that's enough we don't need we, don't, go for we a walk. don't need to deal with this anymore um, let's and I'll just check in 20 minutes and see what
1: the result is yeah. You're, meanwhile, you're shaking. Your hands are
2: shaking. <laughs> just thinking about it now, it's like how. How, how
0: do you stop your hands from working their way to your phone to check
2: yeah. check what's it's, happening? It's actually because I don't. I really don't want to know at that point. Like genuinely, I just want to know how it ends. I don't want to have to experience anything about how we get there.
1: It becomes a health issue at this but point. Really, it really,
2: really is. It's. It was nothing. It was one of the most stressful experiences I've had in in a recent time. Which I guess says how good my life probably is. No, if no, that's, no. If
1: that's one of the most stressful
2: things I've experienced, but still. Um yeah it, it was tough. Um but lo and behold uh she she accepts that that side of me so apparently so I can't have been that bad or maybe everything outside of my horrible rugby league addiction is just really really good so she can she can overlook that
1: or maybe she's a saint maybe she is Maybe well, so, so he's still together? That's fantastic. Yeah, you yeah. So we, we
2: made it through a heartbreaking Tigers loss. Um, so hopefully, we can make it through the next 21 to come, <laughs> um, and, and we'll see what happens at the end of the season.
0: Summer loving, right. having a blast. However, that is... summer loving. <laughs> tigers come last. <laughs> um,
2: but that's not actually my official reflection. I do have. Uh, I, that, that's just more of a, a window into the, the wonderful world of Big Al. Um, so, this round, during the manly Rabbitohs game, yes. Tom Trebojevic suffered a heartbreaking mm. hamstring injury. He is such an in, like integral part of that team. They lift when he's on the field, all that sort of stuff. It's
1: so great to watch.
2: He's so great oh. to watch, isn't he? He's one of those players that doesn't, doesn't care about self-preservation, just wants to win. Um, so he he gets the ball. He's in he's in clear space, running to the defensive line. Takes about runs for about 15 meters, and then basically just stops, pulls mm. up short. His hamstrings gone. Yes. And the advancing Rabbitohs defence realise this, and they basically stop as well. Then they're actually quite concerned for his welfare, and they sort of yeah. walk up to him for two things. One, yeah, to see if he's okay, which is a wonderfully progressive yeah. um, idea. Great, good mm. for them. And then just sort of like also lay a hand on him, so it's like official. This tack- counts. Yeah, yeah. This just counts as a tackle. Ta- tackle is completed. <laughs> yeah. And it got me thinking, right, has anybody ever faked an injury? And I don't mean a Kenny Edwards-style hamstring cramp for time-wasting. Has anybody actually faked an injury where they could have... Trick to the whole defence to, to stop because no no whistle was blown or anything. Yeah, and then like on you know ha ha suckers meet meet red runner style bam. Mm. I, that's a
1: legitimate tactic that could be used. You know what I've seen I've seen similar things like you know the old um, in goal when you got the ball and you're about to you pretend that you've already placed it in goal and, and grounded the ball for a yeah. dropout. But then like and so the defence you know holds off and then you just go running off. So that's a bit <laughs> deceptive. And something similar happened uh, a couple of weeks ago. Hull FC versus London Broncos. Well, I remember Albert Kelly, mm-hmm. the former Shark, former I think. Former Gold Coast Titans. That's target. right. Yeah, now uh, playing for Hull FC. He uh, got the ball in space, you know, in his own territory. Started just jogging along um, and the London defence started, you know, coming over. It looked like he maybe had an injury or was just going to take the tackle. And then, whammo, he just <laughs> put the accelerator on. The afterburners on just totally burnt the the opposition and uh, scored a length of the field try. So I've never actually seen someone fake an injury to to make a line break, but yeah. they're the closest I've seen.
0: Oh, mm. I think that would haunt your career. You know, you'd be that bloke that 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 pretended to be injured. That, yeah, that right. dog yeah.
1: that dog act yeah. <laughs> from the boys. Um, and, and then there'd be media throughout the week going, it's not his go. No, <laughs> it's not <his laughs> go. it's not normal. It's not his go. Where does it? Where does the, the faked injury tackle
0: rank next to the voluntary tackle? Uh, mm. Mark Coin was always a special for a
1: voluntary tackle. Well, these days voluntary tackles are a dime a dozen. You know, you, you dive at the the feet of the defenders who are trying to put you back into the in goal for a drop out. So you know, I think it's a different kettle of fish. Well,
2: with a voluntary tackle, I, I reckon there's a real missed opportunity for the defence to like get a penalty, right? Because every time there's a voluntary tackle, which is it's illegal, you're not allowed to. Yeah, but they yeah.
1: never blow the penalty. Off. Yeah,
2: but like so, if a guy dives at your feet, it, like you, they always they always stop and wait for maybe like five to six seconds, and then they get nervous and just put a hand on <laughs> to the clip. Yeah. If everyone just stands there and waits the, for him the, to play the, the ball, the guy's not going to get up. The ref's going to blow a penalty. Like, mm. That's a another another loophole to be exploited.
0: That's right. Look out for it.
2: Mm. Well, I might jump
0: in with my reflection yeah. there, Jono, if that's all right, mate. And it's just, uh, uh, I think, a clear kind of case study of. Australia's fascination with the underdog. Mm. So you know, quite often um, Australians uh, just just by default will go for the underdog. And that's something for overseas listeners who may not know that. We are uh, what is it and in an, a kind of instinctual thing in Australians because of our convict past we come from lowly origins so we always want the 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 underdog to beat the tall poppy. I think that's it. Um and this was best exemplified really on Sunday with the Storm and Bulldogs match. Mm. Now everyone expected the Storm to run over the Bulldogs including myself which you is should which is why I had decided not to bother watching that match. <laughs> you uh, missed out, buddy. Well, until I checked the score at halftime <laughs> to see the Bulldogs up 12-6, and I went, you know what? There's something in this game. <laughs> I'll turn that on. And, of course, I was ultimately disappointed. But it just goes to show that um, my, my 180 degrees mm. in my interest of that match was, uh, was really, yeah, I guess a snapshot of the Australian psyche. I
1: but,
2: thought it was a... Ooh.
1: Yeah, I was just going to say, it's really refreshing to see a team who's slated to be near the bottom of the ladder really just chucking it around and, and giving the ball air and, and, you know, really spreading it from side to side, taking Melbourne Melbourne on on the flanks and really using the ball and trying to to unlock that, that you know, typical Melbourne defence. It was great yeah. to watch. And then,
2: and then, of course, there was the conversion to tie it up, which was completely fluffed by... <laughs> Um, whoever it was, I can't Very remember. Smart, uh, there I was a, a really interesting point that came out today. So every Monday, Graham Annesley, who's uh, like head of the referees or something, mm. does a press conference and he goes through every single decision across the weekend that was wrong mm. or could have been improved or whatever. Yeah. And from that game, he and this, this has not been picked up by any media outlets. They came, like he came out and said this himself. Um, that that conversion was taken on the sideline, like at the at the at the touchline, when if you look back at where the trial was scored, he actually should have taken it about three metres in field. Oh, okay. And like whether that would have changed It was a terrible kick. Mm. Like, yes. like it would, but whether that would have changed things we'll never know. But they've they've said like yeah that kick didn't have to be as uh, as far away wow. as it was. I, three I was thinking I think I remember thinking that at the time and mm. I, I assumed, well was that the kicker's choice? Yeah, I mean, um, in the press conference, one of the reporters asked, was it the kicker's choice? And I'm, I'm, I can't remember what the answer was, but I, I don't think it was. I reckon he just thought that's where he had to kick yeah, it Or okay. maybe the referees told him that's where he had to kick it from. But anyway, they Ooh. got it wrong. He had at least three metres to go in. Yeah. Field, so really interesting.
1: Yeah, okay. O. Look, my reflection this week, I'm talking about the early season struggles of some of the biggest clubs in the game. And I think it's a real injection into both the NRL and Super League competitions. You've got Brisbane probably the biggest club in the world sitting near the bottom of the NRL. You've got Wigan and Leeds, two behemoths of Super League, Mm. uh, still struggling after nine or ten weeks of that competition. It's good because, you know, when you see their fixture for the upcoming weekend on paper, no matter how bad they're going, you're expecting them to start turning it around. I suppose it's uh, muscle memory. You're used to seeing the names Brisbane, Wigan, Leeds on paper, associating them with success and dominance, of course noting that Leeds have been poor for a while. But the point is, it takes a while to get used to, and you're never quite sure if it's going to be a horror season or they're just slow getting into gear. You know, it's that additional element of unpredictability, anticipation for every coming round. And I think every season should start with a big gun struggling. It just adds to the drama. You know, like, because if they they might turn it around and they get momentum towards the end of the season. So, big guns, struggling, exciting. Equals excitement. Fucked up.
2: seems to be a universal theme, doesn't it?
1: Yeah. Look, guys, I also want to touch on the nature of the alpha male in rugby league. Now, during the week in Australia, one of the most powerful voices in rugby league and Australian media, Ray Hadley, was once again outed as being an enormous bully. Mm. And there was some powerful testimony by a former colleague and now ABC broadcaster Andrew Moore about the unrelenting nature of Hadley's bullying and the effect that it had on his life. Now, I don't want to talk about Hadley. He's been known as a bully for decades and decades, and there's probably been enough said about him. But I do want to touch on... Uh, the concept, I suppose, of the alpha male in rugby league, and, and I suppose as an extension, blokiness. Now, blokiness, I've got nothing against blokiness. I sometimes you know, get involved in blokiness myself, and, and it can be a warm embrace. I would, I would love I to, to see
2: Jono <laughs> getting involved in blokiness. We're you you gonna, just,
0: yeah. just going to stop you there
2: for a
1: second. I've just proved that I've never got involved in blokiness. <laughs> I think
2: it would be really interesting
1: to we see. We would love an example yeah. if you go on. Look, um, blokiness, it can be a warm embrace if you're on the inside. But to try to separate yourself from it can be intimidating. To try voice a different opinion from the accepted blokey position when you're in the presence of a group of alpha males is daunting. Now, I've never been bullied, luckily for me, but in the past I've definitely modified my behaviour and definitely moderated my opinions because I was intimidated in that environment. And it's not because these people, you know, some of whom are good friends of mine, good friends of mine are alpha males. And it's not that they're not good people, no, not at all. It's just that I'm just trying to point out that it's it's hard. It's hard to go against the grain in most group situations, but it's that little bit harder in a group of alpha males. Maybe it's the physicality that makes the difference. Now, it's relevant to this show and rugby league because rugby league and rugby league media in Australia, is, anyway, is, is while changing still a, a bit of a haven for blokiness and the alpha male. Now, like I say, Being an alpha male and a blokey bloke is not uh, necessarily a bad thing, but the Hadley-Andrew Moore situation shows that it can be really unhealthy. And and to speak up or even voice a different opinion takes a lot of guts, particularly if you're the victim victim of bullying in Andrew Moore's case. But it also takes an effort when just the the dominant group in a culture is is the alpha male. So I actually think part of my reflection is that it, it made me think that, yeah, the rugby league media is definitely changing. You're getting a lot of different voices in rugby league media this day, these days. I mean, straight more up, women, there's a,
2: yeah. There's a lot more women, and women in like anchor roles. Yeah, that's
1: right. And and also, um, you know, more of those quote unquote nerdy voices coming to the fore as well, which is good to see. It's not just like the the dominant alpha blokey bloke anymore. Although they still have a quite a hefty role in the rugby league media landscape. So. And that's basically my reflection because that, that sort of story, the Hadley bullying story, really put into focus that, man, that's really like old school behavior and it still goes on in some cases and it's it's terrible.
2: Yeah, I think it's a really good point. And I think Rugby League has suffered from uh, allowing allowing that to happen for so long and only now realizing that, oh, you know what, the rest of society moved on and these like super blokey alpha males hmm aren't really speaking to the people that like the, 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 audi- the, the new audience that you, yeah. need, you need to attract yeah. and I mean every, they're aware of it now but it's probably like at least 10 years too late um, and those those, the, some of the names you caught out there um, those uh, typical alpha males speak to a, an audience that um, is, is shrinking hmm. um, and they're not being made up they're not being that, 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 that loss of the shrinking audience is not being made up by new people because yeah. those, they, they don't attract people of different generation Oh no, it's not
0: Important. But I found myself wondering why uh, why Andrew Moore didn't speak up last time around when all, when bullying accusations were
1: Well, I mean, some people did say that. And I think, you know, there's been enormous support for Andrew Moore. But, yeah, there were some people who kind of wondered that. And I just think it's just not that easy. It's an extremely no, hard thing to do.
0: But what were the circumstances that were different this time around? Well,
2: just time, you, time passing? Maybe you saw, like... Uh, for those that, that didn't watch, it was a, it was a uh, special news report. Andrew Moore did a lot of two-camera stuff, and he, he broke down when he was mm. talking about yeah, it. So, right. obviously, it really, really affected yeah. him. So, um, and maybe this time he just went, I'm not going to let another opportunity to speak about this yep. pass me by. Yeah. I don't care how hard it is. I'm just going to go okay. and do it.
0: I'm not making a comment on what he should have done. No, not I'm not really just out, out, just interested. You know? yeah.
2: But I think, yeah, I think the reason would be he didn't do it before is because, obviously, it's really tough to talk yeah. about. Yeah, okay. Fair
0: enough, too. All right. Mailbag time, fellas, do you think?
2: Oh,
1: What a mailbag we have in store today. In fact, it's so heavy, I'm gonna need I'm gonna, I'm gonna need a hand in this mailbag, if you don't mind, fellas. I've got you, Johnny. Oh, you got me? I've got you, Johnny. Can you start us off?
0: Well, look, I, I think it's probably appropriate that I read out a couple of emails that we've got. Yes. given Ooh. how much I have complained about <laughs> the lack of emails to our box. So, first of all, I'm going to read one from Carsten Broom, mm. who uh, we've interacted with on Twitter a little bit. And Carsten says, as follows. Hi, folks. This mail is partly for the slug as a reason for the use of the mail account, i.e. So I'll stop bitching about it, I think. <laughs> as a weekly listener to your podcast, I would like to help you out with some things. The four teams which have one game more than the rest in Super League are the ones that were in the middle eight last year and are introduced to the Challenge Cup one round before the rest of the Super League teams. Mm loop fixtures are the additional six games every Super League side has to play after they have played the rest of the home and away similar to the NRL rounds after they play every team once
1: now that's great yeah. the, I, the question I have about loop fixtures though is why are they called yes. loop fixtures <laughs> can anyone explain that loop, is it, it to fi- close the loop is you've been around
0: you? in one loop and yeah.
1: now you're beyond the loop it it's, be, not, it's yeah. not really a loop because you're not playing anyway that's all right. Well,
0: I, don't think, uh, I, I think this uh, podcast would implode if we ever actually found <laughs> the true know. meaning of blue right. fiction. I don't want to know. <laughs> now to a small introduction of myself. Born and raised in Germany, behind the Iron Curtain in East Ooh, Germany. Wow. Living in Switzerland at the moment, family in Townsville, massive Cowboys fan Ooh. and non-ticketed member, collector of non-NRL footy clothes... I will challenge Big Al when I come to Sydney. Oh. Oh. That's
1: right. Wow. You were away a couple of weeks ago when we challenged Phil Brown from Mascot. Oh, Brand. no, I,
2: I heard the episode. Right. On your I, behalf. I know what I'm in for. Yeah, you guys are exciting. really throwing down some shimshade some so on my behalf.
1: In case people weren't uh, listening a couple of weeks ago, we challenged, on your behalf, Phil Brown for a kind of rugby league hipster off at Henson Park. Mm. And, I, and I'm like, you know, who can bring to the table the best international rugby league memorabilia? That's pretty exciting. And I think, the way I was thinking about how we could actually do this, and I'm thinking it could be similar to a Miss Universe competition <laughs> where we have, um, you know how Miss Universe has like, you know, ball gowns and swimwear yeah. and, and even am um,
2: Actually, they've, they've, got, they've gotten rid of the swimwear. Right, yeah, okay. That is not yes.
1: progressive, <laughs> Fair enough. Now, in this case, you guys, instead of walking down a catwalk, could walk across the hill at Henson Park and yeah. have different rounds. You might have an International Rugby League jersey round. Mm-hmm. You might have a Heritage jersey round. Mm-hmm. You might have like a training gear round. And then at the end, instead of talking about world peace, you can talk about uh, what you, what your hopes and dreams are for international uh, rugby. Is,
2: is the judgment criteria based on who has the best kit or like who
1: wears it the best? Well, all of the above, my friends. Right, so it's okay. three rounds. You know w- how you walk it, yep. how you talk it, yep. how you. Geez, I'm going to have to accessorize well, aren't <laughs> I? So
2: you,
1: uh,
0: <laughs> I, I think you've got to get extra points for the most mismatched top and bottom.
1: Oh, yes. They like <laughs> the obscurest pairing, yeah, I guess. Exactly. So now it's going to be a three-way battle. Phil Browns right. from Mascot Browns. Let's do it. Big Al and Carsten. I'm happy. Happy to, to bring it on. You look thrilled.
2: <laughs> uh, I'm terrified. <laughs> <laughs> I talk such a big game, I'm going to be called out on it.
0: Just to finish off Carsten's email, Twitter handle is at SwissCowboy78. Love it. And watched or will watch, as in already booked, games in London, Leeds, Castleford, Bradford, and Barcelona this year. Oh,
2: oh so. The new, a new Camp. Yeah. Excellent. So, so, so that,
0: that should be enough reason to keep the email account running. So stop moaning, slug. <laughs> Cheers from Switzerland, Carsten. Now, how many Swiss North Queensland Cowboys fans do you think there are? Oh, I'm thinking <laughs> well, single figures.
2: German. Living in Switzerland?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Iron Curtain Cowboys. (laughs) Iron Curtain Cowboy. That's pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) New Twitter handle. Do you think
2: Carsten's the only one? Uh, What a unique position to be in.
1: I'm going to say yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: You know what? No, let's put it out there. Are there any other German-born Cowboys fans living in Switzerland? Or
1: or, or (laughs) a challenge
0: to Carsten. (laughs) Find find a a cowboy friend in Switzerland. (laughs) We want to hear from them. Um, so thank you very much for that. We'll keep the email open, I guess. <laughs> and especially seeing as, we got a, a another email from a Declan Foy this week. Declan, the Irish Rugby League international Yes, League? former. That's right. Yeah. And Declan says, Thanks for the shout-out last week. Something else caught my attention this week, and I would love to hear your thoughts on it. There was a comedy piece on the Balkan Super League on a Fox League show during the week. They caused a bit of a social media reaction. The piece itself was a sort of Borat-esque take on rugby league in the Balkan Peninsula, with some jokes about the facilities and the standard, mm-hmm. and finishing with something along the lines of "All the teams were playing for is a thousand dollars." The Balkan Super League Facebook page itself seemed happy to be involved in the joke, uh, citing P. T. Barnum. There's no such thing as bad publicity. Response to anyone. <laughs> pointed out that they were perhaps the butt of a joke, however I've noticed an Australian based coach who recently spent time in the area and coached the current champions, Red Star Belgrade, was a bit less sympathetic to the segment. To paraphrase him, he insisted, this was a case in which people who claimed to love the game were making a joke of it. Mm -hmm. Similarly, rugbyleaguecoach.com.au, which I believe is heavily involved with the development of Polish Rugby League in Australia and Poland, said the segment had been zero help to the expansion of Rugby League in that area. There are a number of other comments along these lines. I myself think the segment could be okay if it was qualified by some of the facts and achievements of the Balkan Super League, which I have yet to see. As you'll probably know, but it's worth reiterating, the competition covers a huge area of Europe. To say it's a non-traditional rugby league area is like saying Jupiter is a non-traditional human area. (laughs) It is the second competition for most of the teams, a sort of Champions League. It is almost entirely player-funded. A number of fixtures include a flight. It has added teams every year, but there's been no cancelled or postponed fixtures fixtures to date. Uh, And there were some one-sided games, but to the organisers' credit, the competition has split the participants into two divisions this year to combat this. I'm not saying you can't make a joke or something, but I do think the positives should come before the negatives. What do you guys think? Is it just a bit of fun? Is it damaging to the game? Is it an overreaction from some? In the age of social media, is there still no such thing as bad publicity? So thank
1: you, Declan. Oh, yeah. It's a good question. I mean, I think when it comes to comedy, not that I know much about comedy, but I've heard comedians speak about comedy. Yeah. And when it comes to making fun of groups, the, the rule of thumb that I've heard them talk about is always punch up. So you can make fun of people with more power than you. If you're making fun of people with less power than you, then it's, Kind of not cool unless mm-hmm. you have permission from them. Right. So you know, if for instance I've got um, a really good friend of mine who's Asian, for instance, um, I would not um, make fun of him without his permission. You know what I mean? Like he has permission to make fun of me and my heritage. I have permission to to have fun with his heritage. We've got permission. Um, so I think that's the rule of thumb. If if you're punching up, go for it. If you're punching down, think about. Think about it twice.
0: What about the fact that the the Balkan Super League seem to be going along with it?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's, so in that case, maybe they've got permission and then it's okay, I suppose. I, I yeah. mean,
0: but then, but then the question becomes: like, is it okay for other people to be offended on their behalf if they're going <laughs> along with it?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, good question. I think it, it comes down to basically. I think if they've been if they've given permission, mm. then I think. You know, let it go, and and we can laugh, we can laugh at it. But I'm not sure in that case they're actually giving permission. It sounds like they don't really understand the joke, and uh, they're just happy to see their name in lights. But anyway,
0: well, I, th- I think you know, I- I'm sure they understand. Yeah, right. That the yeah. the competition is is you yeah. know not of the uh, a same standard as a Premier League competition. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sure they they they're just. Going along with it in a good natured manner.
1: Yeah, that's right. my that's my guess from here. But yeah, yeah, I'm I'm pretty happy to go with that. Yeah. I think it was probably like they meant it in a good nature. Um, it was taken in that way, so yeah. it's happy days. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think Declan probably nailed it at the end of his email. There, he said, you know, start with the positives. Let's talk about all the great things it's achieved, and then you know, I'll throw in maybe get permission. You know, hey guys, we're going to do this story, and do you mind if we have some fun with you? And then they'll probably say yes, and then. Go go for your
0: life! I'm going to come at it from a, uh, the perspective of a fan of comedy and say that I, I think it's offensive that
2: people are still doing Borat jokes. This how this <laughs> yes, this length right. after the movie. You know when the prime minister does a joke? Yes, yeah. it's, it's uh, really yeah. <laughs> really like it's time to retire it. <laughs>
1: yep. All right. Well, thanks again, Declan. Hey, I
0: don't know what's happened, but that
1: you know the correspondence is firing, and we've got a lot more. Thank you for helping me do the uh, heavy lifting. And we've, uh, let me start with the social correspondence this week. And Ian East from Leeds, or Ian from East Leeds, got in touch after our announcement last week that we'll be going on tour to see Toulouse Olympic and London Games in July. Now, Ian pointed to a very tempting and mouthwatering double header headingly around that time featuring Leeds women and men's teams. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think we'll be able to get there for that, but in exciting related news, we have in principle agreement from Leeds and England star Lois Forsell to appear on our show in a few weeks' time. To get, you know, to get her wow. insight into all things rugby league, but particularly to give us a, mi- a mid-season check-in on all things women's Super League. So fingers crossed for that. Thank you, Lois, and thank you, Ian. Now, on last week's question from you, Big Al, mm. on the least progressive team in Super League, yes. he had this to say. Wigan's long-term, boring style puts them in danger, but they're probably saved by their hilariously drooling incompetence over Sean Edwards and their signing of the three pillars in human form, Jared Salmon. <laughs> He says, Leeds are in danger given their style of play post-Golden Generation and a big ticket price hike to pay for Headingley upgrades. But, of course, Leeds are hilariously impersonating the Canberra Raiders of 2018. (laughs) So it's a a very tough one. Is um, having great hair the fourth pillar now, is it? Is that what we're going with? (laughs) Perhaps. Now, another friend of the show, Daniel James, also gave us his thoughts. He says, my most unlikable Super League club in progressive terms, as I think most would agree with, not just us wire fans, is Wigan. Here goes Wigan again. Wow. Reasons Wigan's being debating. Reasons being one, despite Adrian Lamb's promises, Wigan still play a mundane corporate Melbourne style <laughs> of rugby league. Two, Wigan are renowned for their grubbiness. Three just this season, there have been three players in trouble for non-rugby matters. Zach Hardacre drink-driving, Craig Mullen drink-driving, and Gabe Hamlin drugs, and thus have brought the game into disrepute.
0: They sound like Melbourne Sharks and Parramatta all rolled into <laughs>
1: one. Not to mention last year's infamous Rectum of Wigan incident involving Joel Tompkins. <laughs> <laughs> Which is news to me. Uh, for though they had them return, Wigan had two points deducted this season for sal- salary cap breaches in 2017, the third time uh, since 2006 five they keep winning the grand final four times in nine years
2: boring I like that
1: yep and as a rugby league and wire fan we need to change but as Daniel James is a great guy and one of the great referees um, he says there's some redeeming features one Jared Samet and his hair <laughs> here we go, <laughs> <There> we go. <laughs> two they have two French players Escaré and Navarrete and three they aren't afraid to to play their youngsters I'm pretty sure Sean Wayne gave something like 41 debuts to academy graduates in his seven years as coach. So thank you to two uh, official friends of the show, Ian and Daniel James. Yeah. So it's a very interesting one. Can
0: you I- know what we'll do? I think mm-hmm. we'll say, like, clearly Wigan uh, are <laughs> front-running in that least progressive uh, Super League team. Other fans, fans of Wigan, yeah. if you want to <laughs> uh, rebuke that, if you want to rebuttal against that, you've got one week for next week's show to put your points yeah. in why another team is less progressive. I got right. something
2: to confess and I just I was just completely naive to this. I didn't know. But I have a Wigan Warriors stubby holder, but I also have a commemorative t-shirt from their tour in 2017 or was it 2018? I can't remember. You didn't know you had those things. No, I didn't know that they were so unprogressive. Oh, right, I didn't right, know right. that. I definitely knew that I had those things. <laughs> okay.
0: Ritual burning
2: tonight. Well, no, I just mean I just I just need I need other merch to pad it out, I think. So I'm not exclusively Wigan. Yes. I can just get some a nice okay. Castleford stubby holder or something yeah. like that. I mean,
1: I, I think this is just kind of... I feel bad, like, wanting teams to be relegated. I think it's, like, all too hard. I've actually decided I don't want anyone relegated. I, I actually want an expanded 14-team competition next year and then 16 to the year after... And then we get all the championship and League One teams all to join into the one competition, which, by my calculation, will be 2024. That's right, no relegation. I, I find it
2: astounding that we didn't think of that earlier. That's like the best idea I've heard. That is so good. Two teams We've come up every here single year A <laughs> relegation. Well, I mean, just enough to get the team, you know, the the, the teams that we need. So uh, we're talking yeah, yeah. Toronto, Toulouse, and of course the, the impending New York team.
0: That will certainly fix the issue Plus of Ottawa. loop fixtures. Yeah there's no, no,
1: no more boring loop fixtures. <laughs> now, we also yeah. heard we also heard from Liam from Brisbane a new listener. He got in touch pointing out that Frenchman Hakim Maloudi has signed for the Toronto Wolfpack and said, a French fullback playing for Toronto that has to be a progressive rugby league dream. Absolutely, bloody lootly Liam and he also said he's a new listener and he likes the show. So thank oh, you for listening. Oh, welcome things, aboard. Welcome aboard. Uh there's more. There's more but you know what? Oh, there's, I'll, I'll give one more thing and then I'll save the rest for the progressive uh, French-Canadian Rugby League update because they're more international related. This uh, came from Dave Matthews, another friend well, of the show in Sydney. Of the band? Uh, no, no. Oh, he's okay. just a guy called Dave Matthews. He might have his own band. But anyway, <laughs> he uh, pointed out more Halifaction. We've been talking about yeah. Halifax over the last <laughs> couple of weeks. And this has been going around the Twitter sphere uh, this week, but it was very funny. So Halifax played overnight uh, on the weekend, sorry. And he, there was a stag do. A, a great forty-four-year-old uh, mascot, Mark Wadsworth, was having his stag do, and he organised with the team that he could walk on to the pitch uh, with the players. And not only did he walk on the pitch with the players, he held the uh, the captain's hand as the captain was holding hands of like a, a five-year-old child. <laughs> so it's just like this forty-four-year-old man walking onto the field arm in arm with um with, with the, the captain of Halifax. It was a beautiful oh, good beautiful scene? So. That's uh, the mailbag for the moment, and there's more to come later. Oh, wow. It's so big today, we have to break it up.
0: Jam-packed mailbag, there, Jono. Thank you very much for that. Let's zip straight into the. Well, do you want the
1: album version or do you want the radio edit? <laughs> <laughs> we'll just keep it. You the have to, we listen, have to work man. on your links, Jono. There's two weeks in a row. Right, let's do it. Slug <laughs> like Gal and me, we like what we see when it comes to French Canadian rugby beef
2: and tea. It's alright, let's do it. We'll start at the Super League, my friends. Catalan have had a morale boosting win against none other than the powerhouse that is St Helens. Wow. So 18 to 10. This is a significant win for two reasons, my friend. Uh, of, as we reported last week, they have just they were thumped forty-two nil by the uh, unprogressive the now the now crowned unprogressive Wigan. Mm. Um, so it was good to see them bounce back. Uh, but perhaps even better is the fact that St. Helens were, until they met the might of Le Catalan, undefeated.
1: Not, Not anymore! Well, I mean, the, the two top teams of Super League, uh, St. Helens and Warrington, they've both lost one game, and they've both lost that game to Le Catalan. We go. It's quite incredible. What, what enigmas.
2: What enigmas indeed. So I think we can now call this the resurgence of the Dragons, who, I mean, they've only had a mixed year, so not terrible. They've got like a 5-4 record. Mm. Um, but the season has, of course, had dizzying highs with a lot of the win against St Helens, but also terrifying lows mm. with a couple of uh, no-score losses. Mm. Um, so anyway, they're sitting on fifth, 10 points, on 10 points, or plus six uh, oh. in the new relegation system that we're operating on. <laughs> now, the London Broncos, Jono...
1: Well, they went down forty-eight twelve to you know one of the leaders in the competition, Warrington, away from home. A result that everyone would have expected. You know, you've got your pick of Man of Steel, Black Austin there playing great guns. So uh, it's one of those games that you definitely wouldn't pencil in as a a London uh, victory. Definitely, so can't expect too much from that. So they remain what well, plus two.
2: Plus two, dangerous plus two, because, uh, you know, as we spoke before, they're there a game ahead of everybody else. That plus two can become a zero and... Well,
1: that's right. I mean, as Carson pointed out, there are a couple of Challenge Cup fixes. So those bottom four teams uh, from the middle eights or from Super League last year, they're, they're going to be playing Challenge Cup this weekend, mm. and the Super League teams will keep playing Super League. And then after that, we're we'll back on even, terms, even ta- terms in terms of games played.
2: So I guess we can hope for another Leeds loss. I'd hate to I'd hate
1: to oh, do that. You know, but like, I, I, I,
2: it's I, not our go. No, it's not our go. You know, and I don't want a Leeds relegation either. So, well, let's, let's this, get this, them both to win. Let's well, let, let's start that that promotion only system right now. <laughs> <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> if Leeds
0: get relegated, that drops the comedy value of the competition.
2: Exactly, that's true. Uh, well, anyway, there's still plenty of season to go. Mm. So come on, come on, you uh, you Broncos. Get, uh, get away from that relegation zone. So we're going out to the championship. Toronto have defeated Sheffield 40-10 to in another standard Toronto-like performance. Uh, this was a top-of-the-table clash, mm. uh, Sheffield sitting in third place prior to this match. Um, and so there you go. So to record a comprehensive victory like that is very good signs for the Wolfpack uh, in that we knew that they always had the, the cattle to perform, but it's about keeping that motivation up.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think Sheffield had surprised a lot of people to be where they were so far into the season uh, They haven't really played Any of the really big guns So I think uh, Maybe they'll They'll start slipping down But they've done so well So far to be In the top five So good on you Sheffield Yeah
2: well done Sheffield And I think they are still Sitting on third place Even after that loss yeah, So right. keep it up fellas So this was actually A home game for the Wolfpack But it was played In London As part of What's called The London Series mm. So which is A double header They organised with The London Scholars um, so, a great initiative. Yeah, who
1: they part own these days. They, they bought a stake into the London Scholars yep. over the off-season.
2: So, the more rugby league we can get in London, the better, I say. Mm-hmm. So, um, good stuff there. Uh, Toulouse have recorded a very unchampionship-like win, uh, defeating Featherston 8-2. Yeah. So, low scores there, I guess, Dua. high defence. Now, Jono, mm. with Toulouse playing the free-flowing rugby league we've come to know and love... From the confines of your toilet, how did this one look?
1: (laughs) Good question. Toilet watch. (laughs) Well, I mean, they normally put on a great sort of YouTube highlights package of all the Toulouse tries, and it normally goes for about, you know, five minutes. This one went for about 30 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) No, but uh, it was very muddy conditions in, in the south of France over the weekend. If you saw the highlights of both Toulouse and the Catalans game, there was plenty of rain and so, you know, it was a bit of a, a drag them out, what is it? Nail them down, drag them out, kind of fixture. So, you know, it's good that Toulouse can win in different ways. That's what that's what's going to help them get promoted in, yep, in this um, unlimited promoted, uh, unlimited promotion <laughs> sort of, uh, thing that we're doing.
2: Uh, so, when you look at the ladder, we've still got Toronto outright first on sixteen points, eight wins, one loss. Toulouse outright second on fourteen points, seven wins, two losses. Uh, so, the championship babies are doing well.
1: Fantastic, Lovely. and now it was also the start of the women's Super League over the weekend, and very exciting times. I think there was four, there were four games in the Super League. I think Leeds uh, did an extremely good job; they won by about fifty. Uh, St Helens won the derby against Wigan six four with a, a late penalty goal. Castleford put eighty on York, uh, so there's plenty plenty of good teams. Uh, that um, the could, couldn't league. beat the clock, eh? Hey? Yeah, I think because we, well, I suppose we need to, to pick a team in the Women's Super League, um, I'm going to pick York. I mean, because winning is secondary, and to have 80 points put on you, I'm going to get behind York in the, <laughs> yeah, in the Women's Super it. League. <laughs>
2: all right, we're all in on York.
1: Good on yeah. you. Now, if, if I might cut in, I might put, no, throw please. in a few, um, a few of the other mailbag situations that are international rugby league related. Now, Ross-John Bonacorsi, This is RJ Bonacorsi from South West Sydney got in touch about an important development in International Rugby League and that is that the members of International Rugby League have voted to support governance reforms which will see the appointment of independent directors to the Rugby League International Federation Board. And he says, as a fan of rugby league and also a governance risk and compliance professional, this is a very positive development. Congrats to the federation and all involved. 100% agree, RJ. Independent directors are a great step. And to be honest, I can't believe it hadn't happened already, actually. But, you know, guys, are there any more sexy words in the English language than governance, compliance, (laughs) and risk? I mean, that was beautiful. Now, we also heard from Ben, also in Ireland. We've got a couple of Ireland correspondents. And he said to us, Progressive Rugby League, I'm taking my dog for a walk up at Ireland Rugby League Clubs versus Norway tomorrow. I'll tweet some picks and scores to what I said. It would be great if you could get the 3-1, in one, a picture of your dog, a picture of the game in play, and a picture of the scoreboard. And he said, let's get real. It's Ireland's going to piss down. We'll do my best, though, and hopefully Rugby League will be the winner on the day. Uh, unfortunately, he didn't end up uh, sending us any photos. No. So I'm not sure what happened. Well, I
2: hope he still made it to the
1: game. No, but I did find out that the Ireland rugby league clubs beat Norway 44-14. And so, um, the
2: Ireland rugby league clubs—is this like—is this a, an all-star team of players? I, I think on... it was—it was
1: an Ireland 13s so based yeah. on from Ireland rugby league clubs. So, yeah. because obviously they're they're both got rugby league. World Cup qualifiers this year and Norway's is coming up in May May 18 against Greece so it's a very exciting game I, torn think, in that one? I think that's part of a double header with the London Scholars as well so that's, right. that's very exciting news now I don't know Ben if he's got uh, he might be a professional photographer he might have been taking photos with film and maybe he's gone to the <laughs> darkroom gone to get them developed yeah. <laughs> or maybe uh, his dog's unwell or something so anyway what, whatever's happened Ben I hope you're okay I hope your dog's okay and I hope those uh, film photographs come out nicely
0: Oh,
2: yes, I second that. <laughs> Back to you, Vial. Um, cool. All right. Well, that was that was wonderful. Little mailbag in the international, in the international yeah, update. Yeah. um So I want to focus. I mean this is this is Super League talks so not exactly international mm. but I want to talk back to a bit of a throwback to what we were talking about last week on points penalties for going into administration. Yes. So I've done a little bit of research so I found some great information on loverugbyleague.com who had a list of Super League teams that have been docked points for various reasons but mm. within those reasons and one of them being we're going over the salary cap yep. but within those reasons was administration. So since 2011 there have been five counts of being of, of clubs having points docked for going into administration. Mm. Uh, we've got Wakefield in 2011. They were docked four points for going into administration. Okay. The Wrexham Crusaders, who were a Super League team in 2009 to 2011, based in Wales. Mm. They were docked four points for going into administration. Where are they these days? Gonskis? I, I think just, they've, admit, they've been liquidated. Uh, in 2012, Bradford, six points. Mm. In 2014... Bradford, six points. And then in 2016, as we all know, Bradford, 12 points. Whoa, the hat so trick. we've always been discussing what, why the 12-point penalty, and I think it's probably just because... Well, we, we, we dock your six, <laughs> but you know you're just going to do it again. So here, COP12. cop, 12. cop 12. And that's where we're at, just to know they're really serious. Very good. All cool. right,
0: well, there you go. Thank you very much. Um, you know what I'm going to do? Right, just before we get to the progressive moments, fellas, I'm going to do a little... Uh, uh, live in episode uh, question to you Whoa. about um, what we title this episode. You know, so usually I come up with a title during the edit mm, yeah. of something that's you know caught my fancy during the episode. But I'm going to throw it to you guys now to help me make a decision right okay. now. The uh, two little phrases I've got for potential episode titles are. Iron Curtain Cowboy, Ooh. which which has a, quite a ring to it, yeah. or Alpha Blokey Blokes, so,
1: which do you, which do you prefer? There, oh, do we have a coin to like to tell yeah. that? So they are both so good. Iron Curtain Cowboy or Alpha Blokey Blokes.
2: I think Iron Curtain Cowboy is, definitely uh, is more relevant to the content of the show, but but Alpha Blokey Blokes is so is, is funny. Right. Well, let's call
0: it Alpha Blokey Blokes and Iron Curtain Cowboy. Oh wow, fantastic! So, we yeah, there we Join go. Join them. Progressive moments, fellas. I'm going to leap in first mm. and take that opportunity. In a uh, great example of hashtag grow the game, Scotland Rugby League have appointed a new development officer oh, fantastic. Uh, on a full-time basis, which suggests that uh, there hasn't been full-time basis before that. This is uh, an article by James Diamond in the on the Inside the Games website and Super League's appointed uh, a new development officer Uh, James Sloggy has been hired following an extensive recruitment process. Uh, He has more than 10 years' experience in sports development, coaching and team management. Uh, And he says, I'm really pleased to be joining Scotland Rugby League at this point in its development. While Scotland is a country dominated by football and rugby union, there's a clear role for rugby league and I can see plenty of opportunities for the sport to continue to develop. You know
2: what that role is? Kick ass, mate.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, so Scotland getting serious yeah. about development and growing the game.
2: Yep. I well say. Uh, I am a brave hearts booster. Yeah. So let's develop Scotland. Mm, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Who's next? Uh, I'll take it. Uh, so, in the theme of developing emerging nations, Malta have registered their first ever qualified female coach oh. in the history of the sport. Nice. So, Charlotte Sultana Evans, a former teacher from Sheffield, mm-hmm. who now lives on Malta, she uh, has taught rugby league in programs with both the Sheffield Eagles and the Hillsborough Hawks, uh, and she previously played rugby league for Featherstone Rovers. So, congratulations to her, congratulations to the nation of Malta. But one thing I loved about this story is uh, she was a teacher back in Sheffield, and rugby league was on the curriculum. Oh. Now, <laughs> I went through a period of my life where I hated school. My
0: eyes bulged then. Sorry, my eyes bulged at Big Owl. That doesn't translate very well on a podcast, but I thought I'm should.
2: I think it. If, if, if it was a cartoon, it would have been. Go- can you add in a sound effect there? We should have a, we should have a soundboard. Anyway, right. moving, moving on. Uh, imagine that. Imagine being able to go to school with rugby league on the curriculum. That's, yeah. that's one that's one step closer to my dream of developing a Bachelor of Rugby League studies. Oh, yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. Oh. Not We're to ready. mention a Masters. A Masters, and then obviously my PhD. <laughs> yes. So there we go. Very good. Look, my moment, uh, Scotty Durot, former oh, nice. Knights, halfback, and Catalan, Dragon. Uh, really doing a tough uh, cancer battle at the moment. There was a story on the television the other day just outlining what he's been going through and, and the support that the community and the Newcastle Knights Club have been giving him. Uh, he you know, he had this big tumour, apparently the size of an avocado Whoa. in his brain. He got, it, he got it operated on and he recovered, then it came back and then he recovered again and now it's all over his liver apparently. So really doing it tough still turning up in, and coaching uh, he's got a coaching role at the under 20s at Newcastle um, incredible resilience um, you know he's he's just quite an inspirational story and it's really great to see the rugby league community not only in Newcastle but in the south of France you know sending messages of support and yeah. supporting uh, getting behind Scott
0: yeah well all the best from us we um, we hope there's some improvement there. yeah absolutely yeah. well that'll do us won't it
2: I think you yep. so good ep
0: yep well, if we don't say so ourselves, you know. <laughs>
2: Should we um do another call for iTunes reviews?
0: Oh, thank you for reminding me. We've got another one. Oh. <laughs> Which I might I
1: might um... We're not done at all. <laughs> 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 Jeez, listeners are we about to press stop. <laughs> they want to hear this review. Hold that finger. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Now, I should point out that these are uh, reviews are found on the Australian iTunes site. If we're getting any from any other country, I don't know about them, so don't be miffed that I'm not reading them out. This latest one is from Frau1967 and says, Refreshing and relevant. A pleasure to listen to Welcoming, Informative, Real. The the fellas have a deep passion for league and it comes across in a refreshing Worldly Weekly podcast. Keep up the good work.
1: Wow. Thank
2: you very much.
0: For 1967, I have no idea who you are, but thank you. We love it.
1: You can't see us right now, but we are blushing. Thank you so much.
0: And uh, you can do the same. Just go to the Progressive Rugby League podcast on iTunes or whatever pod player you have. Uh, and you know, if you like it, give it a five star review.
2: Can, can we offer? So we're we've only we're only exposed to the reviews left on the Australian iTunes store. Mm. So if our international audience also leave a review of the iTunes store of their country, maybe they can screenshot it and email it to you. And uh, then we can or, re- yeah, read or tell that me
0: out. like you can change. I can go to another country, but you know, I, it's like. Isn't going to spend his days <laughs> flicking, flicking through, uh, you know, dozens of countries to see whether we've got Ireland. iTunes reviews. But uh, you know, pin. yeah, give give me the heads up. I'd love to read it out. With that, I'll say goodbye to you all.
2: See you. See you all in rugby league. We trust.